Hey everyone, this is Matt Kleeman, your host for Nonprofit on the Rocks, founder of Envision Consulting, and I think just all around pretty spectacular guy. What do you think, Ashley? No doubt, I have been paid to agree. I mean, I totally agree. <laughs> You're making those big bucks to agree, let me tell you. So with us is Ashley Watterson, our producer. How are you, Ashley? Hey, I'm still employed, so things are going all right. So everybody knows this is our happy episode, which is going to start season three. And I am overjoyed that we are now in season three and that we haven't been canceled, which is amazing. I'm no, it is exciting. I'm just shocked. I'm shocked that we're still going. And by the way, what I think is important for everybody to realize is that this happy is going to be all the inside jokes from the last two seasons. So if you have not listened to the last two seasons, you're gonna have no idea what's happening today. So right now, everyone just pause, pause the happy, go back, listen to the first 20 episodes. I mean, what else are you doing, really? And uh, then come back. We're probably gonna have like, well, I know my parents are listening, so we've got two people listening. And my mom. So mom. that's three. Oh, we're speaking to both. <laughs> I don't think my dad does podcasts. I'm like really impressed with yours. My dad, he doesn't do podcasts. I don't know like if he reads books. I think he pretty much only reads the newspaper and that's it. Hmm. He still gets the actual newspaper, like the actual. He gets, I do. I think he gets the actual hard paper and, and he reads that like cover to cover and, <laughs> and that's it. Kind of like we talked to Fran from News Leaders in Washington, DC, which <laughs> I think she was episode five of season two. That sounds right. I think that's who she was. So remember, we talked about that, about news, and she got so mad at me that I do not read the news. It got, it got a little heated, was a little uncomfortable, but then you agreed on air to resubscribe to the LA Times. Have you done that? Uh, sure. Nobody's checking your doorstep on Sundays. It's fine. So what is so brilliant is that this happy, we're going to mention the majority of our interviews and we're going to be able to then tag them, which means that we're going to tag like 35 people, if I can do the math. And then hopefully this episode will get like four listeners. So my question is, will the Caymanites show up? I think we have some very devoted Matt heads out there. The question is, can we grow the audience? And by very devoted Matt heads, I mean your mom, your dad, and my mom. <laughs> yes, yes, that's right, that's right. So let's talk about the mediocre producer of this show. I won't mention any names, but season one, episode nine, Lisa Stein, who's the CFAO of StoryCorps in New York, did mention and call you out that uh, your editing skills uh, may not be so great. And that is why Lisa Stein is on my hit list. Oof, that's, that's a little harsh. So the final question is, do we give you a raise? And if so, what are we looking at? It'd be great, Matt, if by the end of season three, like I could be making 50 cents an hour. Is that, is that ambitious? I only read about this because obviously we're not that old, right? But you know, like when you used to go to Vegas and like you would like play the slot machines and they actually give you real quarters in like that bucket. Yeah. So what I think in terms of how we're going to pay you is buckets of quarters. Are you doing a good job? Maybe we'll fill it up a little more. If you're not doing a great job, maybe like, you know, and I think it should come down to the episode and how many people are listening to it. I like it. With my son, what we're doing is positive reinforcement and we actually are using literal Vegas chips, um, which 
we can get into, you know, on your next review of Marks and my parenting processes, we can get into that. But I feel like I'm doing sort of the same thing here. This is sort of a positive reinforcement. Now, the difference is with, with Evan's tokens, we don't take them out if he does something undesirable. Are you going to be removing quarters from my bucket every time I say talk back? I already think that your bucket has gone down in quarters just now with that okay. statement. Yes, yes, okay. yes, yes. And I am happy that you brought up your husband, Mark, who is the CEO of the Convalescent Aid Society, season one, episode seven, I think is our most popular show. And that's all because truly nothing to do with you, but all because of him. We haven't been able to figure that one out yet. And I love my husband. I thought the interview you two did was hilarious and fantastic, but I cannot figure out why it literally has more than double of any of our other interviews. Why I think Mark's episode was so great is because we talked about him being in a Speedo. That's true. That's true. We probably did get some crossover audience who were expecting some different stuff and ergo why we had so many more downloads. Like people who are cross-checking Speedo in their podcast search tag. Who knew there were so many people out there listening about Speedos? Who knew? You would think that Speedos would be more in the video realm than the audio realm, but you know, Speedos fans may be very diehard. (laughs) So Matt, you've done a great job of bringing up some of our fantastic guests, but I thought we would just go through the list here of our guests, remind everyone who we've had on, and uh, see what comes to mind as you and I reminisce about these episodes. I want to just sort of remind the viewers of just the breadth of the leadership that we've had on this show and how really truly inspiring folks have been and just kind of kept my sanity during COVID. So I'm really proud of the beginning because we dropped five shows at like the same time right before Thanksgiving. I don't know how you were able to, to edit five shows in a row. It was pretty impressive. I thought so. Thank you. And I think I think if people need to go back and think about the things that they should have gotten out of this was, number one, seeing Beyonce and Jay-Z in their video at the Louvre in Paris. That came up from Carlin at Chrysalis because we talked about HR, but truly nobody cares about HR, but there are a lot of Beyonce fans out there. True. And... We have done some pretty amazing links on our podcast page for all of these amazing guests. And that was one of them. Also, we did not know, Matt, you're speaking Beyonce and Jay-Z. Carlin herself has a little known recording career. And we played some of her own music on that episode. And then we had we had Rachel Fine, who's the executive director of the Wallace Theater. Remember, she had two titles, executive director and CEO. And we talked a lot about that, but then also about how people were actually doing theater, watching theater, acting in COVID. And it was really an interesting show. And, and I think when, when people look back at this time when we're post-COVID and post the plague, they are going to probably think about some of the really impressive things that folks did and hopefully will continue to do so that you don't have to necessarily just go to the theater. You can experience it online. We, we did quite a few episodes with people in the arts world, and it really was impressive with all of them, just how creative they had to be to keep their organizations alive and to uh, not undermine the importance of what art does for society and for our souls. 
Yeah, and how important the arts are to kids and to families and after school programming and education. And I think people sometimes forget about that when they're thinking about immediate needs like homelessness and hunger. But I'm going to say something yet again that I know is going to get a lot of angry listeners out there, whoever's left. As a gay man, I'm not a fan of musicals. Well, we know you won't be giving to Broadway Cares, Matt, but still an important organization nonetheless. So speaking of organizations are about the more basic human services and human needs, Ileana Tavera, who's the executive director of Haven Hills, was our sixth episode of season one. So what was what was so challenging about that show was like halfway through the interview with Ileana, I got a text that RBG had passed away. So I thought that that was really interesting was because Haven Hills is a domestic violence shelter and organization for women suffering DV. And RBG did so much for women. Yeah, I also thought that was an interesting interview because you and Ileana really shared in the experience of having been young executive directors. That's right. And I feel like that was the first time and only time I talked about running a shelter in New Jersey, right? That never came up on any other show. That was it. It was the only time I talked about it. That was really the only time I've ever heard you talk about running a shelter in New Jersey, for sure. Yeah, that was it. I, I just threw that in. I just threw it in just once. I never really talked about it again because, again, as we know, actually, these shows are not about me. They're all about our guests. And speaking of being about our guests, probably one of my favorite interviews of all the episodes we've done is Patty Paniccia who was your season one, episode eight interview. Patty Paniccia is truly just someone I hugely admire. What a career she's had. She's a former pro surfer who helped start the Women's Pro Surfing Tour. She was a journalist. She actually was fired by CNN because she was pregnant with her second child. And so she sued CNN and that put her at the forefront of this fight for women to not lose their jobs for being pregnant. And she's really been a champion of gender equality. So she's amazing. Board chair of the Surfing Heritage and Cultural Center. Your interview with her was so fun. And actually, by the way, that reminds me, she's supposed to take me surfing. And I need to reach out to her because I want her to kick my ass in the ocean. So And you I, wanted her to cook you an Italian meal, I think, too. Like, you had a lot of asks on that one. That's right, that's right. She was supposed to cook me in a meal, a meal and take me surfing. I think what's important, then, in terms of season one, just to round us out for season one, is that we forgot about our first guest, John Brower. And what I remember about that episode was that we talked about the gala at that homeless shelter that I really very seldom mentioned on the show. This is that one time. And how my board chair... And one of the guests were caught having sex in the bathroom at the gala. That interview, that particular story, if you think about it, Matt, really set the tone. We're so proud of the fact that we are the only nonprofit podcast that has an E rating. And I just think made it made our show just a little bit more fun, happy hour style conversation. I think it was a it was a fun start to the season. And, um, you know, John just happened to be part of it. Maybe we should mention that he's an amazing guy who runs a phenomenally fantastic organization called New Horizons in the Valley, working with disabled adults. But I can also just focus on myself. Finally, rounding out season one was Wendy Carpenter, the CEO of Penny Lane. And I got to tell you something, like when you think about a badass leader in nonprofit, it is Wendy. She is the most spectacular person. I mean, just amazing. You're right. Wendy is 100% a badass. And what I love about Wendy too, is that usually with leaders that are 
as amazing and confident and competent as she is, you get an ego. And with Wendy, she is so humble too. And she is the first to like call herself out on mistakes that she's made and the growth that she's had. So that's what makes her even more unbelievable in my estimation. Season two was interesting because we started with my friend who founded a community farm and her name is Jen Levy. And I wanted to spend the, the show talking about her love life, but you told me that I had to be serious and talk about what it's like to found an organization. Well, the two things I got out of that show, number one, you couldn't talk about Beverly Hills without talking about Beverly Hills 90210. And I found out that you are hardcore in Camp David, not Camp David where the president goes, but Camp David Silver from 90210. Yeah. Like you forget Brandon and Dylan. We also agreed Steve is just not even worth our time. I'm going to remind everybody that Dylan was 125 years old when he filmed that show. And Brandon, ugh, he's just so boring. And you're right. Nobody cares about Steve. And then the other thing that I got from Jen's episode was the discussion about hydroponic farming. And mm. I have to say, like, ever since then, I see commercials for hydroponic farming. There's like a hydroponic farm at Chicago O'Hare Airport. Like, this hydroponic farming thing is now, I feel like, everywhere. No, Jen is on it. And it's such an amazing organization. And again, founding a nonprofit is not easy. And we talked also at the end of season two with Dive Heart, which is a spectacular organization in Chicago because we've expanded. Now we're in New York and we're in Chicago. And that organization is serving people who are physically disabled in scuba diving, which is ridiculous and amazing at the same time. And also while we're on Dive Heart, let us not forget not only did we expand to Chicago in that episode, but Matt, you interviewed two guests at the same time. That's right. And that was not easy. And, and Ashley, you got us a sponsor and not just a sponsor, but a charity that uses bourbon, my favorite drink, to raise money for other charities. So really, Matt, if you think about it, the bucket of quarters, I just filled that lineup a little bit more. I'm just gonna have to think about that. So after Jen Levy, you talked to Kim Peterson, who is the VP of Change Management at Aviva Family and Children's Services. And we decided she just made that title up. I think she even said she just made it up. No, I still don't know what it is. I have absolutely what it means. I just know that Kim tries to make things better. I, I, I think. Is that, a, is that fair? That is say? fair. No, that is fair. Kim has the Midas touch. Let's be honest. Like everything Kim touches, gold. Wait, is that a commercial? The Midas touch? So Matt... The Midas touch refers to King Midas from Greek mythology, who is known for his ability to turn everything he touched into gold. So this came to be called the Golden Touch or the Midas touch. It is also a music video from the 80s from a group called Midnight Star. And I really do think we may need a happy page just so we can link to this fantastic video. I was just Ashley. You were 100% Ash Blaine. Which I feel like is important for people to know that we started the Matt Splane segment in season two. And I feel like that was also when somebody reached out about something in Lima, Peru, which means we're being listened to in Peru. Matt Splane's across the country, which I love what it's evolved into because yes, people will ask us questions that they want to have Matt Splane. And sometimes it just comes up organically in a conversation, Matt where you take a moment to take what a guest has said and help interpret it for our listeners who might need a little more info. And this whole us being international 
is also a big deal. So we also interviewed the president and CEO of Chrysalis after we interviewed their VP of HR, Mark Loringer. And we learned so much about the importance of giving people jobs and how with work, with jobs, we can get folks off the streets, which is by the way in LA right now, beyond important. Again, it's, it's interesting the crossover, right? Between all of these nonprofit leaders and the work that they do, because then you got into season six with Amy Turk, the CEO of the Downtown Women's Center. And, you know, she's dealing with specifically women and homelessness, but that's what over at Chrysalis, you know, Mark, that's what they're trying to do is to help with, with joblessness, which of course, joblessness and homelessness often go hand in hand. And it's, it's just really remarkable what these leaders are doing every day. So I will tell you that not only is it an impossible job to run a nonprofit, but it is, it is more of an impossible job to run it during COVID. And all of the folks who were able to keep their organization going and grow their organizations and keep their staff employed and continue to provide programming. I mean, I'm just so impressed. And that, you know, is something that I hope people got out of some of these shows. I think we mentioned when we talked to Dr. Kristen Greer-Paglia, CEO of PS Arts, we talked about the, the metaphor really of Sisyphus, of like that rolling that stone up the hill. And that is and by the way, Matt, um, I already talked about Midas, but you know, I need to ash explain you on Greek mythology. But yeah, Sisyphus was like condemned to have a lifetime of just rolling this boulder up a hill and then starting over and over again and never actually getting to the top. That is what it feels like, I think, for so many nonprofit leaders. And you can attest to that, Matt, having, didn't, didn't you run a homeless shelter? Did I tell you I ran a homeless shelter? I did, right? Did I? What's so interesting about what you just said is, as we talked about, I don't know half the things that people are talking about when we're doing these shows, also because I'm drinking, but generally like Sisyphus, I wouldn't have known who that was. And so when we interviewed Elena Brokaw, who's the executive director of the Museum of Ventura County, and she brought up the Ark, the Ark of the Covenant. And you were so upset because I didn't talk about Indiana Jones. And truly, I just tried to get through that question. And I think it's hilarious that in the aftermath of this, I'm upset that you didn't talk about Indiana Jones. Never mind the fact that neither of us seem to know that the Ark of the Covenant holds the Ten Commandments, which is the actual reason people should know about it. So I don't know what that says about you and me, Matt, but it certainly doesn't take away from the incredible intellect and knowledge of all of our guests. I'm just one way that I have that ability to make it seem like I know what the hell people are talking about. I just, I have no idea what people are talking about half the time. Yeah, but Matt, you know what you do know about? You know about pop culture. And that is why when we had Nick Arquette on from season two, episode four, you were quick to point out that he is an Arquette from that Arquette family, that famous Arquette family. That's right. That's right. And we have to actually follow up with him because we put them on notice that they needed to actually make a donation to Walk With Sally and let's see if they have by now. Yeah, Walk With Sally, of course, just a great organization that Nick started out of his own trauma from losing his mom at a young age from cancer. And now he pairs kids who are going through similar experiences with mentors, adults who have as children been through those experiences. And I just think, what a cool idea. Again, like you get back to these founders. Look, how many of us have said, oh, you know what would be cool? Or you know what we need? I mean, right, so many of us say that, that the follow through to say, here's what would be cool, here's what we need, and then to do it, to file that 501c3, 
Thank you. I learned that from you, Matt. <laughs> I was Matt's flame. No, it's true. I mean, and we're going to continue to have founders. Our first episode of season three is actually with the founder of an organization based in Africa. And he is the, one of the most spectacular people because Oprah is a donor. And guess what that means, Ashley? What that means is when we actually air that show, we're going to actually be able to hashtag Oprah. This legitimately puts you Oprah adjacent. Which we talked about on our show, episode seven, with Ed Tepworn, who's the executive director of Angel Island Immigration Station Foundation in San Francisco. Yeah, Ed's episode was so timely. You were interviewing him around the time that we were really seeing a rise in Asian hate crimes. And really just such a sad setback that I feel our country has had with regards to immigration. It just shows that we need Angel Island Immigration Station and its foundation now more than ever. Yep. And, and that is the importance of this podcast. That's the importance of what we do, that we are, you know, somewhat having fun and drinking and all of that good stuff. But at the same time, we are actually showcasing actual stuff, why nonprofits exist, what we're here to solve on all kinds of levels from domestic violence to hunger, to jobs, to homelessness, to racism, to hatred, to education, to after school programming. I mean, it's everything. For me anyway, it's been such a great two seasons. And as I said, I cannot wait to go into season three. All of these folks that we've interviewed in, in seasons one and two are just truly spectacular. I learned something from them every day. Did I mention I ran a homeless shelter? No, you ran, I, you ran a homeless shelter? I did run a homeless shelter. And I wish that I had known half the things that I learned from our guests to be able to actually run that shelter better. And that's another great benefit of our show. The questions that you ask, Matt, really allow our listeners to learn from all of our accomplished guests about how they got to where they are and what they would do differently or if they could advise someone that is trying to do the same thing, what they would do. And I, and I love those questions because everyone has a different take on it. So we've made it through. We're going on to season three. I'm so beyond proud of ourselves. I don't know if we have a listener left, by the way, because all we've been doing is talking to each other. But if we do, is there anything left that you want to share? Matt, I would just like to thank our listeners for sticking with us for these two seasons. I certainly hope they come back for season three. And you touched on this briefly, Matt, but our first guest of season three is Afam Onyema, and he is the CEO of GeneCo which is an acronym that is an amalgamation of all of his family's names, but it's a family foundation inspired by their father's promise to improve healthcare and save lives in his homeland of Nigeria. Uh, and they do incredible works. So we're really excited about this episode. If they could also subscribe, like us, find us on your social media platforms, slide into Matt's DMs, encourage Matt at the nonprofit guy, on Twitter to tweet because that would help us out. And also you can find us on our website, envisionnonprofit.com slash podcast. And what I haven't done well is I haven't shared that Envision Nonprofit actually is a real company, that I'm not just interviewing folks that you and I aren't just having fun on our show, but that really we are doing a lot of executive search and a lot of strategy and mergers for nonprofits. So if anybody out there has any question about looking for a job, hiring somebody, thinking about a strategic plan, thinking about a merger, that's what we do.
hopefully not only are you enjoying these podcasts, but you also at some point may want to come to my company and hire us because that would be great. Thank you again, Ashley, for everything. I hope people enjoyed the first two seasons. And by the way, they're not going away. So you can always go back and listen again. Or if you haven't listened, listen for the first time. And I want to thank everybody so much for giving us the opportunity to do this. It is really fun. It is something that I truly enjoy. And I know that a lot of the folks that we've interviewed are really happy that they were able to do this. So thank you to everyone who's listening. Thank you to everyone who's who's supporting us. And hopefully you will continue to enjoy the show.